in this life. And uh, I just want to begin by saying thank God to a great uh, Friday night out at the Wings. Uh, we had a great time being together as the body of Christ at the Hayride. And so thank you to Debbie Coates, Jenny Clay, Tommy Clay, uh, again the Wings, and so many others that uh, hauled tables, set up, tore down, people that brought chilies. Everything that went into on Friday night's hayride, what a blessing it was to be together. There are a lot of things to be thankful for. And we're starting a series called Thank You Goes a Long Way. And uh, I remember growing up uh, at Christmas time, my parents would always have us sit down during Christmas break and have us write thank yous after Christmas. And I just thought, why, is, why do we have to do this? You know, at the time as a kid, I thought, well, it seems like it's really pointless. Of course we're thankful, right? Of course we're thankful because we received something that was a gift and was awesome and it was wonderful. Why is it so important for me to t take the time to write a note to tell someone that? I remember, I remember my parents teaching us that they always said, thank you goes a long ways. A thank you goes a long ways when it comes to showing how much appreciation you have for someone and what they've done for you. Thank you goes a long ways when it comes in building that relationship between you and someone else. And as we enter into a time of the year where we as a nation, as a country, take the time to say thank you, I just want us again to remember through this sermon series that thank you goes a long ways. Will you pray with me as we begin? Father, we thank you for who you are in our lives the hope that we have for eternity, your word that teaches us, guides us, and directs us. Father, we're grateful for the country that we live in, and we just are depending on you for everything, knowing that you are the God that is in control. And so speak to our hearts this morning. May our hearts and our minds be open to your word. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Once again, I want to say thank you for you being here this morning. We want to welcome you those online. Thank you for taking the time to join us online as well. And we're going to be in Luke this morning. And as I thought about this idea of thank you goes a long ways, as parents, we really try to instill in our kids the importance of saying thank you. And at Christmas time, uh, it drives Larry crazy, which is also part of the reason that we do it. Um, but it, it drives Larry crazy when we open our presents. Because when there's eight kids and multiple adults and we all sit down to try to open presents, I personally like to open them one by one. And, it, and I understand why it makes Larry crazy because it takes forever to get through the presents. But what, the reason I like to do it that way is that I like to be able to see you know, what has been given and I like to see someone's reaction. And I like to make sure that my kids take the time to understand how blessed they are and how thankful they should be. And so there's this, this idea of there's power in a thank you. And that's the title of today's message, The Power of Thank You. Again, we're in Luke chapter 17, a familiar passage, starting in verse 11. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not all ten cleansed? 
Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. And as I look through these verses and thinking about this idea of the power of thank you, I believe that the power of thank you helps us be happier. If you look at verse 15, that's what I encourage you to write down, helps us be happier. Verse 15 again says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Praising God in a loud voice. This leper was happy and he was thankful. And I can imagine what that must have felt like in that moment to go back to what he knew was the source of where he should be thankful. And it's hard to be thankful sometimes. I don't know if that's just me, but I know for me, it's hard to remember to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful always in every situation. And you might be thinking even right now this morning in your own life, man, my body aches. And it's been a hard week at work, and my kids are driving me crazy. And it feels like all the news is bad, and people are hurting, and they're dying. And we're all worried about what the future might look like. And there are people protesting, and other people are being highly affected by the virus. And if you're like me, it's easy to get stressed and overwhelmed and feel helpless. But did you know... That if you take the time every day to be thankful, it can actually make you happier. Researchers at the University of Miami studied two groups of people for 10 weeks. They had everyone in one group write down the things that they were thankful for every single day. And everyone in the other group wrote down the things that made them mad or angry. Do you know what the researchers found? Not only was the group that wrote down things that they were thankful for more happy, but they were also healthier. They didn't go to the doctor as often. And as we look in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it's a very powerful set of verses. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 that are so applicable, not only just during this time of year, but just in the world that we're living in. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it's when we surrender everything at the feet of our God, through prayer and thankfulness, that we can be at peace. And I don't know about you, but when I'm at peace, I'm pretty happy. When I'm at peace, I'm pretty, I'm just enjoying life. And that's what God's word tells us when we're with thanksgiving, bring everything to God. His peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And as I thought about this power of thank you, helping me be happier, I thought about this past week, it's, it's kind of a silly illustration, but this past week I've been officiating basketball, refereeing basketball, and 7th and 8th grade girls basketball has started. It's pretty intense, I'll tell you what. 
All right, and so uh, one of the, I was at CCA this week, and I was at the CY Middle School, and at uh, one of the games, I think it was a Dean Morgan girl, every time she handed me the ball, which I'm sure either she came up with this or her coach encouraged her, but every time I handed her the ball to inbounds the ball, she would look up at me and she'd say, thank you, and I, I kind of, you know, it just caught me off guard a little bit, but it made me smile, and I don't know if it was because she was hoping that I wouldn't call any fouls on her from that point on. Or if it was just one of those things where she was appreciative of the fact that I was there to officiate the game so that she could play the game. And it just brought a smile to my face. And it was something so simple as a thank you in the middle of a basketball game that made me happier. Another researcher at the University of Pennsylvania did a study that found when people thanked other people, it made them happier. The Harvard Medical Review explained that when participants in the study were asked to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness, participants immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. See, we need to remember that being nice and thanking someone else can make us happy and it can make other people happy. It's kind of like a, a two-for-one deal when we're willing to say thank you. There's power in a thank you. And so I would challenge us, why not be a little happier today? Maybe take the time to send a text message or write a note on Facebook or to write a handwritten note or make a call to someone that we really need to spend time thanking. And, and here's some possible options. Thanking your parents. Or the adults in your life who take care of you. Maybe the mail carriers who bring your mail. Your teachers who've been teaching in the middle of a pandemic. Grandparents who you might not have seen for a while. Doctors, nurses, and all those tied to the medical field. Those in the military and local law enforcement. People who work in grocery stores and at restaurants. People who work in food service. Truck drivers. And the list goes on and on and on. People that we can be thanking. See, there's power in a thank you. And that thank you can help us be happier. It can also, if you're taking notes this morning, remind us to be thankful. And it seems like, well, yeah, that seems to be pretty straightforward. But just constantly having a mindset of being thankful helps us remember to be thankful. A man stood writing at the post office counter one day when an older man shuffled up to him with a postcard in his hand. Sir, the old man said, would you please address this postcard for me? The first man gladly consented and wrote what the older man dictated to him and even signed the man's name to the postcard. And when he finished, he extended the postcard and asked, is there anything else I can do for you? Well, the old man looked at the card, thought for a moment, and then answered, Yes, at the end, could you just put P.S., please excuse the sloppy handwriting? <laughs> and all of us would be, I would guess, at some point in another in our lives, have performed a, a thankless task or a gesture or an act of kindness that goes unnoticed or unappreciated, and maybe even at times uh, worse, it earns us only criticism and reproof. 
And if that's you this morning, if you've experienced that, you're not alone. The same thing happened to the very Son of God. Again, if you look at verse 17, it says, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And as I read that, it's just, it kind of boggles my mind. Like, how is it even possible that only one came back? That it doesn't even make any sense. And as I read through some different commentaries, some people said, well, you know, they were wanting to follow Jesus' instructions. So he said to go show themselves to the priest. So they needed to go to the priest. And so maybe that's why they didn't come back. I don't know. But it just, it just boggles my mind to think that only one person came back to say thank you. And then I thought about my own life. Well, what about us? How often do we take the time to say thank you? And you think about the word thank you, it's, it's a phrase that we oftentimes learn when learning a, a different language. You know, gracias, you know, and that's my extent of Spanish, okay? And you know, we, we think about how important it is as we drum it into the, the minds of our children by even reading books like I thought of the Berenstein Bears, Say Please and Thank You. You know, some of those books that we read our kids, and, and yet it turns out as humans, we don't say thank you as often as you might think. A new study of everyday language use around the world has found that in informal settings, people who were asked for an object, service, or help almost always were willing to help. So kind of just out in everyday life, if you were asked to be help, if you were asked to help, oftentimes you would agree to it. But this is interesting. For their efforts, they received expressions of gratitude very rarely. In only about one out of 20 instances, 5% of the time, someone said thank you. And I, I don't want us to be a congregation that forgets to say thank you. I read a blog this past week from Todd Outclat, and he wrote, Not long after I began writing my thank you notes, I had a visit from an older gentleman in the congregation. He showed up in my office one afternoon, sat down across from my desk, and held up the card I had written him some days before. This is the first time in my 42 years in this congregation that anyone has thanked me for my contributions, he said tearfully. His admission wasn't a cry for validation or recognition, as can be the case with some people, but merely an acknowledgement that he wanted to keep on giving and was glad someone had given him the confidence to press on. And that's why the power of thank you isn't to be found in soothing fragile egos or shoring up difficult people, but rather in the offering of simple truth, the simple truth that people's sacrifices and efforts do make a difference. If you look closely at Paul's letters to the churches, we see that Paul often said, thank you. Oftentimes, Paul opened or closed his letters by thanking the congregation for their love and their prayers and their faithfulness. Paul often thanked co-workers, and he also thanked those in leadership and told them how grateful he was for their work. And how often... Do we practice this example in our churches today? We might thank God 
You know, we, we might have the mentality to remember to thank God for the many things that he's blessed us with. But when was the last time that you told the person that cleans the building, thank you? When was the last time you told the Sunday school teacher who works with the kids, thank you? When was the last time that you told those preparing the emblems or those giving the meditations, thank you? And the list can go on and on and on. And I just want to take a moment and just say thank you to so many of you that are investing for eternity, not only through this body in the building, but when you go and you live your lives outside of this building, as you are the church outside of this building, and thank you for your willingness to invest because those are the things that are going to have an eternal impact. And learning the power of thank you, it needs to go far beyond the church building. It needs to stretch out into our workplace and into our homes, whether it be at the gym when you're working out, or at the grocery store, or wherever it might be. The one was the last time that you thanked your spouse for the sacrifices that he or she makes for your family. When was the last time you thanked your children for what they do around the house, your staff or your co-workers, friends and family members who are your sport, support and strength in difficult times. When was the last time you said thank you? You see, we, we forget, don't we? And the power of prayer, the power of thank you causes us in prayer to remember to be thankful and in communication with one another, to remember to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Again, a familiar passage for many of you here this morning. Some that you might have this memorized. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, we should never forget to say thank you. Because we are called as Christians to give thanks continually in all situations. Thank you is a simple expression, but a powerful one. And those two small words can yield large dividends when it comes to ministry, the church, and everyday life. Remembering to use them well and often can make all the difference in the world. The power of thank you helps us be happier and it reminds us to be thankful and the third thing that I would encourage you to write down this morning is it helps increase our faith. If you look at verse 19, it says, Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Rise and go, your faith has made you well. The return of the one leper to say thank you is the evidence that he believed that Jesus was the one who healed him. I mean, why else did he come back to say thank you besides the fact that he knew that his cleansing had come from Jesus. And so his faith in Jesus was expressed through thank you. There's a story that some years ago is told that, there's a story told that some years ago in Germany, a young man lay upon the operating table of a hospital and a skilled surgeon stood near as a group of medical students looked on, and the young man had cancer of the tongue. And so bending over the patient, the surgeon said, My friend, 
If you wish to say anything, you now have the opportunity. And I want to remind you that your words will be the last words that you will ever speak. Think well, therefore, what you wish to say. And you can imagine that such a statement at such a time would really cause someone to think. The young man, therefore, waited, apparently lost in deep thought. And a deep seriousness settled over the faces of the onlookers. What words would he choose for such an occasion? The students bent eagerly forward. Some time passed, and then his lips at last parted. And at the sound of his voice, you could have seen tears swim in the eyes of those present as the young man said, Thank you, God. There's power in thank you. The young man, through those simple words of thank you, God, expressed his faith that God was completely in control. And as Christians, the power of thank you keeps us focused on where our thankfulness needs to be aimed. It keeps us focused on God and our trust and our faith in him that he's got everything under control, that he's going to take care of us. Thank you, God. And as I, it's an interesting passage as I did some research in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. It's an interesting you know, three verses here. Chapter 32 of 2 Chronicles, verses 24 through 26. And there's a king. His name's King Hezekiah. It says, In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord, who answered him, and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud, and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore the Lord's wrath was on him, and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart. As did the people of Jerusalem, therefore the Lord's wrath did not come upon them during the days of Hezekiah. See, crazy story. God answered King Hezekiah's prayer to be healed of a terminal illness. And instead of being thankful, Hezekiah didn't have an attitude of gratitude at all. Instead, the Bible said he had a proud attitude, as did his people in Judah and Jerusalem. And even though Hezekiah prayed to God and received the miracle, he still wanted to depend on himself. He still wanted to trust in his own abilities. He wanted to have faith in himself. And it was only when he finally repented, and Jerusalem repented, that he changed his heart, he changed his attitude, he was thankful to God, and he put his faith and trust in God, and God healed him. God forgave him. And when we continually come to God and thank him for the lives that we're allowed to live, it helps us keep the right perspective in this life. When we say thank you, God, for whatever is going on in our lives, we acknowledge that God is faithful to us, that he is watching over us, which challenges us to be faithful in return. And when we say thank you, we, like the one leper, are saying 
that we are putting our trust and faith in God, that he has provided, that he is providing, and he will provide in our futures everything that we need. If you look at Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And we're living in a world where there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown. And God is challenging us. Just continue to come and bring your thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And his faithfulness will continue through all generations. And so there's a little math problem that I came up as I looked through these verses. God's faithfulness plus our thankfulness equals an increase in our faith in God. If you think about it, there's even times in our lives here on this earth where thank you and faith play a a role hand in hand. And it seems like even at times where I might say thank you in a situation where I haven't even received what someone has given. And it seems kind of silly, but here's an example. On Wednesday nights, I've asked different people to to, if they'd be willing to help in the nursery to watch the the nursery-aged children while all of our Wednesday night family night stuff is going on and all the other classes. And several people have said, yes, yeah, I'm willing to do that. And, and in that moment, in that conversation, I've said, well, thank you so very much. You see, I had faith that the people that said they were going to be in the nursery, that they would actually follow through with that. See, I had trust. And the same is true when we say thank you to God. We're saying to God, we trust in you. We put our faith in you, God. Thank you for watching over my life, taking care of my needs. No matter what I'm facing, God, I'm going to depend on you, and I'm going to say thank you. You see, there's power in thank you because it helps increase our faith. And as the praise team comes this morning, I want you to turn back to Luke chapter 17 and look at verses 12 through 13. It says, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. See, they they were humbled in the presence of God. They knew what was required of them, and so they stayed at a distance. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. See, here are ten men that are suffering from a terrible affliction. We're talking about people that were completely desperate with a great suffering. I think about our church, uh, we as a body of believers. Does that sound familiar? You know, I ask that because in all reality, these men are not too different from us, are they? When we came to Jesus, when we were suffering, we were dealing with a major affliction. In a lot of ways, we were worse off than these ten lepers. We were completely covered in open sores that impaired us completely. And I'm not talking about physical wounds. I'm talking about spiritual wounds. 
We were lost in sin. And then we humbled ourselves before God. And just like they did, we recognize that they are deserving, that they are undeserving. And yet God was willing, Jesus was willing to pour out his mercy and his grace to bring about healing in their lives. And the same is true for us in our own lives. To be offered grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that's what Jesus is offering us this morning. It's through our willingness to believe and to repent. To confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. To be immersed. To die to our own old selves and be raised in newness of life. That we receive the same thing that these ten lepers received. They receive mercy and healing. So if you're here this morning and you want to say for the very first time, God, thank you. Thank you for offering me forgiveness. Thank you for offering me salvation. Thank you for offering me a hope that's going to last for eternity. If you need to say thank you for the very first time and surrender your life to God for the very first time this morning, we'd invite you to come as we sing. Will you stand with